Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So he's an author, he's a life coach, he's a pastor, he's a catalyst for change. He gets to speak to Fortune 500 companies, the Pentagon, you, you know, like celebrities and athletes, and he is a man after God's own heart. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mr. Rex Crane. Come on. Why don't we give the Lord a big old clap? Come on, why don't we give the Lord a big old clap? I think this is your Bible, Matt. Turn to two or three people. Stand up. Turn to two or three people. Tell them you look better than the last time I saw you. Introduce yourself if they're a stranger. Tell them they look happier, thinner. If you're, there you go. If it's your spouse, tell them they look sexier. Can we give our worship band, come on, why don't we give our worship band a big old clap? They're not kind of good, they're amazing. I've spoke around the world, 48 countries and millions of people, and let me tell you something. You go into a lot of churches and you're like, oh man, by faith they're gonna get a little bit better, come on. <laughs> And then you go in here, and this is like, oh, my gosh, there's so much life here. Give them a big old clap one more time. I did see on the charts we're beating Harry Styles, Lizzo. Come on, somebody. She has a song about darn time. I think it says something else, but we're beating that. Come on. I love that. We're doing that out of Chilliwack right here at College Street. Um, I'm grateful for my friends, Pastor Matt and Charmaine Funk. Um, I think you meet people that come along this path that have something really, really special. Uh, they differentiate because of their heart and their attitude and their willingness to pour out their life, their time, their energy and service to make other people better and help people live up in a down world. And when I met Matt and Charmaine some years ago, they had that. They were big people in a small place. And just to watch God do some incredible things to their faith and their faithfulness, I think you have like people that inspire you in your life and they're heroes. I call them heroes, but heroes that decide your energy, your endurance and your experience. And I love putting myself around environments that people, they make me want to be better. How many of you go hang out with someone that eats better? You want to eat better. You get around people that are more into their spouse. Come on, all of a sudden you, like, you want to like hug out your spouse or grab their butt or whatever you do. All right, all right. You hang out with people that are better parents and you're like, oh, I can step up my game a little bit. I love that being around Matt and Charmaine. You want to love God more. You want to care for people more. And you want to live a life of significance on this planet. I want to give our pastors a big old clap. Stand up. Stand up, you good people. Stand up. Give them a big old clap. Give honor where it's due. I love them. My wife wishes she could be here with us today. That's my claim to fame. You said a lot of nice things about me, but my most important things for me to hear are I'm a good dad and I'm a good husband. I, I really like being a husband. I'm into my wife. I'm really, really in love still after all these years. I'm crazy about her. Can't keep our hands off each other. That's always a good thing. And I love being a dad. I love being a dad. I think, you know, that's one of the greatest things in the world to be able to 
you know, shape legacy for somebody. So thank you for the privilege of being here today. If you have your Bible, go with me on the left-hand side, Psalm 78, my favorite chapter in the Bible today. You're not going to like it. You're going to love it. I'm going to teach for exactly 28 minutes. I'm going to be really, really tight. And then I'm going to pray for some people if you're open to that. Is that cool? Okay. And uh, you are going to be blessed today. Psalm 78, and the title of my speech or my message that I would say to you today would be uh, living with a miracle mentality. Someone say a miracle mentality. It says this, verse 1, I'm going to read a couple verses, 1 through, um, I'll read down to um, verse 9 if you can, and then I'll jump to verse 33 and 41. It says, give ear, O my people, to my words, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I'm going to open my mouth in parables, and I'm going to utter sayings of old, things we've heard and things we've known. Someone say, things that we've heard and things we've known. Verse four, we'll not hide them from their children, but we're going to tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord of his strength and his miracles he has performed. I love that. Someone said God's a performer. It will never be a question, by the way, if God could come perform this year. Frank Sinatra sang his last note. One day, Michael Jordan will shoot his last jump shot. It will never be a case. Can God not perform another miracle? The God that you serve is not a God that talks and doesn't show up. That's why you probably don't like religion. Because religion wants to modify behavior, but not give you an experience with power. And Jesus, that's why he was such an oddity to the religious world, because he came with love and power. He came with so much love and he loved people through things and he came with power because he was a performer. Aren't you glad that God wasn't a God that did things a long time ago and will do things in heaven, but he's a God that does things now. Come on, that's good. Watch how cool this is. You're going to really love today. Watch how powerful. He goes this, for he established a testimony with Jacob and he appointed a law that was back in Israel, the Ten Commandments. He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their kids, that the generation to come, they might know them, that the kids that would be born, they would arise and declare them to their kids, that they may set their hope and expectation on God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commands and may not be stubborn, rebellious, that did not set their heart right or set their heart on God. Verse 9. These children of Ephraim, this is a group of people of God's people, they were armed and they were carrying bows. They were carrying weapons, but they turned back in the day of battle. Verse 11. They did this because they forgot his works and his miracles that he showed them. Verse 33. I'm reading a little bit longer. Verse 32, verse 33. All this they did. They sinned more and more. They believed not in his miracles. Therefore, their days were consumed with fruitless living and in their years full of fear, panic, and dread. Verse 41. Yes, again, they turned their back on God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. I studied the word limit. That means to tie one's hands and cramp one's style. God's saying, people on earth, my kids, were cramping my style. They were confining me. They were constraining me. They were holding me hostage so I couldn't be to them who I wanted to be. Watch how powerful. They did all this because they did not remember his miracles. Oh, you're going to like today. Let me say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you for your, your word, and I thank you for what you're going to do here in the next 30 minutes. 
Thanks for being nice to us and not treating us the way our sins deserve. Thank you that miracles are in motion over our life in Jesus' name. All right, touch the person next to you. Say good things are ahead of you. Here we go. What's interesting about this is God set up a system long ago. Let me teach the Bible just for a minute, and then I'll get into uh, where I want to go. Let me teach the Bible just for a minute. My favorite chapter. God set up a system that when he got his people out of Egyptian slavery, where they were, their country was a slave to Egypt, he got them out. It wasn't enough just to get miracles for them to get out of bad things. He wanted to put miracles in their mentality. Because he realizes as a person thinks, so are they and so do they become. How many know you never rise higher than the level of your thinking? Unsuccessful people, they think in terms of survival. Average people think in terms of maintenance. Successful people think in terms of success or progress or growth. Come on. The Bible says if you set your mind on the things above, you'll walk in the spirit. If you set your mind on the flesh or selfishness, you'll walk in the flesh. Where your mind goes, you follow. Watch how powerful this is. You never rise higher than your thoughts. Your thoughts shape your destiny. Come on. And your thoughts are not automatic. You get a chance to choose your thoughts. Most people feel like they're just a victim of their own mind when every one of us has a battle over the real estate of our head. I remember my, my seventh grade girlfriend. I had my first kiss, Wendy Lopez. She had braces and she stuck her tongue in my throat. It scared me. But she was hot. I ain't gonna lie. I was a 12-year-old. I had swag. She was an eighth grader. And I think my mama was praying for me because I came out from lunch and I came out from playing basketball and I felt this hot stuff hit my head. And I looked up and there was a bird. And I was like, oh, shoot. Come on. <laughs> and I went and felt all of that and there was bird crap in my head. And I was like, oh, no. So I went to my teacher, Mr. Ty. I said, I need to go to the restroom. He goes, you okay? I go, I'm going to be. Come on, I got to run to the restroom. So I went to the restroom and I scrubbed that stuff out. And I was thinking, I go, you know what? I could not control the bird pooping in my head, but I could control how long it lasted. You can't control all the thoughts that come into your head, but you control how long that they stay there. That's good right there. Come on, that's you. Some of that's the, that was your victory moment right there. My pain was your game. He wanted his people to have a miracle mentality, so they weren't raised on Bachelor in Paradise. They weren't raised on TikTok videos like our kids are today. They weren't raised on Blue's Clues, Sheriff Cali. Come on, somebody. They weren't raised on different strokes. They weren't raised on G.I. Joe. They were raised on God's miracles. God set up a system where the parents from the age of four had to teach them three things daily. If not, it was considered child abuse because you were neglecting your child from having an opportunity to experience your God. This is really good. Let me just go there and you know, you watch how this thing busts into your life. Watch how it works. They had to teach three things. Number one, God will bless you. Number two, God will guide you. Number three, God will deliver and heal you. Could you imagine growing up every day with parents that told you every day, you weren't raised on watching The Bachelorette, dancing with the stars, come on, waiting for Trudeau to give you new rules, come on somebody, smile and nod, come on, even if you got four teeth, try it. Remember when you were a kid, you were just happy because... Come on, some of you got to remember like you were a kid again. Come on, that'd be really good for you. But you were raised on 
God will bless you, guide you, and deliver you. Why? Because the mentality is shaped by what you see and hear. So they would pass down the stories every night. They would tell their kids, God will bless you. He'll guide you and he'll deliver you. When you look to Jehovah, the Lord, he'll bless you. He'll guide you and deliver you. He'll bless you, guide you, deliver So they wouldn't grow up thinking they served a limited God. They didn't grow up with a ceiling, but it says when they forgot his miracles in their mentality, their days were spent not being fruitful. Ooh, isn't that like the most pain when you're busy, but you're not being fruitful? When you have a marriage, but it's not fruitful? When you live in a body, but you're not feeling fruitful? Come on, somebody. Or when you're living in fear, panic, and dread, and by the way, right now, 81% of the planet feels their best days are behind them, according to Harvard Research, and things are only going to get worse. How many know to live in dread that way is to live and give all your power away, give all your love and let other people decide how good your life is, how great your life is. I love about Jesus. He came to restore the power to you. And he says, you get to choose death or life, blessing or cursing. You get to choose that. Not a governor, not a prime minister, not a financial person, not anybody else. You get to decide for your life, good or bad, happy or sad. I get to try. I got a chance to choose. Your decisions, not conditions, determine your destiny. Let me help you with that for a minute. Your decisions, not conditions, determine your destiny. How many know you can look back the last five years ago, if I would have made a different decision, things would be a lot different. How many know if you made one new committed decision today to get close to God, because you're as only close to God as you want to be. If God seems far, guess who moved? Smile. That was a good one right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I saw some guy go, baby, I didn't even want to come to church. But that was a good one right there. Come on. <laughs> God is only as big as you allow him to be. Maybe it's a decision. Hey, I'm going to invest in my, reinvest in my marriage again. I'm going to tell them who they really are in my eyes. I'm going to recapture that value. How many know if you treat someone at the end like you did at the beginning, you never have an ending? <laughs> How many know that's true? the beginning of a relationship with my, my wife, she'd be like, hey, babe, do you want to take out the dishes or take out the trash or do the dishes? Absolutely. I love you. Six years in, do you want to take out the trash? No, you do it. You do something else. Come on. Don't act like I'm the only one. Different decisions, different outcomes. But if we're going to live the life that God wants, not the self-life, but the God-shaped life, Obsession with yourself leads to a dead end and detours. You got yourself into the mess. How do you think you're going to get yourself all the way out by yourself? Miracles in my mentality. Jesus said, unless you see miracles, we'll never believe. What's miracles? According to Webster's Dictionary, supernatural intervention of God into the natural affairs of men. Meaning one minute you can't do something, next minute you can. Come on. One minute you can't pay the rent, now you can. Come on, supernatural. One minute you're battling osteoporosis, now your knees are doing good. Come on, somebody. One minute your marriage looks like it's not going to work, and God fills your heart with hope and love and reconciliation, and the relationship flourishes again. Aren't you glad that God's still a miracle-working God? <laughs> Miracles can get you out of things, but they can also get you into things. 
Miracles can get you out of things, but they can get you into things. Ooh, why are you sharing this? Because wouldn't it be cool this Christmas season to live with wonder, not with worry? To live with an element of like, hey, God's up to stuff. There's miracles in motion. The Bible says he will meet to the person that's looking for him. Ooh, that's interesting. He's looking for someone that's looking for him. And culture around us wants you to look at yourself, look at what's not working, what, look what you lost, look at who left you. Come on. Look at the, those that let you down rather than those that lifted you up. Come on. And let me say this. If you focus on what's lost, you'll feel like you're missing. You'll start whatever you focus on, you'll feel the most. If I focus on what I've lost or what's left, rather than what's left, then I feel like I'm powerless. But if I look at what's left, let me just say this. Your, your breakthrough's never in what you lost. It's always in what you have left. But culture always wants to make you focus on what you don't have, what's missing. Imagine having a mentality this Christmas season that miracles were in motion for my life. That would bring new joy. That would bring new energy to your life, new hope to your life. Watch how powerful. So to get a miracle mentality, how do we get this? Because when I became a believer, I was playing professional baseball. I had an experience with a 76-year-old woman on an airplane. I was sitting there with big old dip of Copenhagen tobacco on my lip, listening to Guns N' Roses in my ear on my way to spring training. The Boston Red Sox. 76-year-old woman said to me, she says, can I talk to you? I go, yeah, I was, sure. She goes, you're going to change millions of people's destiny all around the world, and you're going to speak and bring deliverance to people. I go, Bless your heart. You got the wrong freaking guy. I've met your kind. Come on, somebody. Nah, nah, nah. She goes, no, I got the right guy. A 76-year-old grandmother. She was really lovely. But she goes, no, no, no. For, can I just talk to you for a little bit? And for five hours, she spent on that airplane. She prophesied me blind. She made me blind to everything I thought I was, Steph. And she gave me sight to a whole world that didn't exist, but had to exist. And she said, when that happened, I walked off the plane. I didn't know who I was anymore. I was like, who the fuck? I was a baseball player when I got on the plane in Los Angeles. I walked off and I don't know who I'm supposed to be. But I went to the Raiders chaplain at the time and I said, what do I do? He goes, don't try to go follow all the Christian rules because you're going to break them all. He says, you're weak. Why don't you go study all the miracles of the Bible and get God's miracles in you and read a miracle a day and read it out loud? Because faith comes when you hear God's word. Don't read it silently. Read it out loud. Read a miracle and then start thinking about God. Pray that miracle. God, do a miracle in my life like that. Do a miracle for my family member. Start praying the word that God's speaking to you and then start saying, if you can do it, I can do it. So I started studying miracles. Go brainwash yourself on miracles. I go, why? He says, then when you see ob obstacles, you'll see opportunity. When other people see sickness, you'll see healing. When other people see debt or poverty, you'll see ways out solutions and you can see abundance. When other people see selfishness, you'll see love because you'll see things from a God's eye view or a God mentality rather than a misery mentality. Come on, a barely get by mentality that many of us are raised with, a poverty mentality. Come on. And poverty is not about how money you have in your bank account. It's an attitude and a mentality, not a circumstance. I know a lot of people that don't have a lot to live on, but they have a lot to live for, and they're very, very wealthy. In the same component, I've been in 46,000 square foot homes. I've been in the homes of some of the richest people in the whole entire world, sat at their tables, and they're the poorest people in the world because a poor man's a poor man where they have a weak mentality. They have a mentality that's all about themselves and not about what God can do. Woo, come on, watch us. 
So number one, I need to believe in miracles. Someone say, believe in miracles. Come on, touch the person next to you. Pretend you're in black church. Say, I mean, believe in miracles. Ooh, come on. Hey. I was invited not too long ago to do the African-American Baptist conference. I was the only token white guy. I don't even think I'm white. I'm like part pink. I think if sophisticated, we just call it salmon. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like they had the whole organ behind me go, it was awesome. And, I, and then you hear people, I'd say something. I wouldn't say anything good. And they'd be all, praise him. I was like, I love you people. Number one, believe in miracles. Someone say, believe in miracles. All breakthroughs begin with a change of beliefs. Jesus said, we become not what we want. We become what he, we believe. Two blind men came to him, Matthew 9, 27, 29. Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He knew what they wanted. He wanted to know what they believed. God knows what you want. He wants to know what you believe. Matthew 8, 13, a centurion's servant, he came on behalf saying, can you heal my servant? He said, according to the way you believe, you receive. Beliefs are powerful. They guide all your interactions. They determine your generosity of time, talent, treasure. They determine how you show up in your relationships. They determine how you engage today. If you believe God's going to do a miracle for you today, I bet you would show up a lot different than if you just believe like, oh, I'm just going to church today, putting in that little church time. Come on. If you believe you were here to make a difference rather than get a miracle, but you wanted to be a miracle to somebody else, I bet your engagement's completely different. Come on. I believe if you have a belief that this is going to be the greatest season of your life and you're going to celebrate more than you've ever celebrated, I bet that will reward you with a great feeling of, I'm looking for opportunity, looking for things to rejoice in, looking for things to be grateful in. How many know your beliefs guide your generosity of time? They guide you to conclusions. They teach you what to think, feel, what to do. Beliefs are powerful. They did a study with these fleas, and they put fleas into a container, and they put a jar on top. The fleas tried to jump out, but they kept hitting their head on the freaking container, on the lid. And so after a while, the researchers, they undid the lid. And when they did, they found that the fleas didn't jump anymore. They'd had so many experiences with their expectation being dashed that they thought there's no way to get out of there. And they believed they were trapped, even though they had an opportunity to get out. There's many people in here, whether it's relationally, emotionally, financially, or physically. Maybe you have a sickness. Maybe you're battling something in your relationship, and you feel, I'm stuck here. Let today be a day I'm going to step out of stuck. I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm going to choose to believe again. There not may be a way with you, but the Bible says God always makes a way of escape. If you study the New Testament, so many of the early ministers and pastors, they were locked in prison, and God made jail escapes happen over and over and over when people prayed. You're in a great place today. No matter how religious or not you are, you're in a place where God can make a way out. You're not stuck. You're not trapped. All he's asking is, do you still got faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Touch the person next to you say, you can please God. Come on, turn your faith loose. Come on. Come on, just touch him and say, turn your faith loose. Activate that sucker. Watch how powerful. I was walking in the middle of Hollywood with an, an entertainer with Steven Spielberg's guy, and he's, a, he's an actor on TV. And I was coaching him. We we're talking about life, and he was working through. I just had a chance to lead him into a relationship with Christ. And we we're walking down right by Hollywood Boulevard, 
And we come across the guy, he, my friend, he wanted a piece of pizza. We stopped, got a piece of pizza, and we were walking while he's eating pizza. And we came across a guy who was smoking a joint, and he was in a wheelchair. And the guy goes, well, I'm with you. He goes, hey, let's go over there and just say hi to that guy. I go, it's cool, it's good. So we walked over there. I said, hey, my name's Rex. And he introduced himself. And the guy goes, we go, what's your name? He goes, my name's Eddie the Pothead. That's interesting. <laughs> kind of an odd way to introduce yourself. You know, hey, I'm Eddie the Pothead. And I go, wow, that's a different way to introduce yourself. I go, do you like being Eddie the Pothead? And he goes, well, I've always been a screw up. He used other words. Come on, I can't use the church. I've always jacked up, you know, messed myself up. And my parents told me this and I'm in pain. I hurt, you know, life didn't turn out the way I had. I guess this is just what's my fate supposed to be. Yeah, I like being Eddie the Pothead. I go, would you like to stay Eddie the Pot? He goes, I don't know how to be anything else. This is who I believe I am. I go, what if there was a better version of yourself that I could help you with? And he goes, what can you do? He's like, you know, smoking his joint really, really strong. And I go, what if you look like you're in pain? He goes, my back's in really, really bad pain. I've had injuries all through my back. I go, well, what if I helped you heal from that pain? He goes, you have special powers? I go, I got something like that. true story. The friend that I'm with, he's brand new to Christianity. He's looking like, what are you going to do? He doesn't know I pray for a lot of hurting people and God heals them. He's like, what are you going to do? So he's sitting there holding the pizza when our conversation, the pizza was all flat, like ready to eat. And as our conversation kept going, I watched the pizza became a little bit more limper. It was really funny. Uh, why is that funny? Because I went to go pray for this guy and I go, okay, so this is what I'm going to happen. I go, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to feel God's power go through you. He goes, are you one of those Jesus people? I go, something like that. And I go, you're going to feel his power go through you and you're going to feel better. And he goes, do I need to throw out my joint? I go, no. I said, just hold it and don't smoke it. <laughs> so I said my famous prayer. I said, Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I said, I ask that your power go through him. And he goes, I believe with his joint in his hand. <laughs> Should give you a lot of hope. And he goes, I believe. And then he, he goes, what would you just do to me? I go, what do you mean? And the guy that I'm with is like looking like really big. His eyes got really big. The actor. You would know his name if I said it. He's, the pizza's getting limper as he's holding it. He's looking. He goes, I just felt all this pain leave my back. He said, I felt everything leave my back. I go, well, I go, why don't you stand up and try to move it? He starts moving. He goes, what'd you do to my back? What happened? What, where's all the pain? And I go, with the joint or was it my prayer? And he goes, no, he goes, I felt this, this heat go through my back when I said I believed and something, cha something changed and he starts crying. He goes, can, can, can this God, can he do anything about my soul? I, I know that he healed my body, but if I believe him, can he change who I am? He starts crying, goes, I don't want to be that pothead guy anymore. I don't want to be Eddie the pothead anymore. I want to be Eddie a healthy guy. I didn't have to lead him in a prayer, tell him 10 steps to becoming a Christian. Gave him an experience with God. He goes, how do I become that? How do I become that? All you got to do is believe. Someone say believe. <laughs> Second, you receive miracles. Someone say receive miracles. To receive isn't the worst when you go to give somebody a gift and they don't want to take it or they make all these excuses. Oh, you shouldn't have. Well, I just freaking went and paid a lot of money to get you a gift. You please receive it. They make it hard on the giver. 
I wonder how hard we make it on God. Every good and perfect gift is from God. Oh, no, I can't have that. Oh, no, no, that church, those Mennonites said I couldn't get healing, but even though it's one of your benefit package plans, God. I said this last night. It's interesting that the Mennonite culture says healing's not for today, but if you go to a Quran, in the Quran it says Jesus heals 22 times. They believe Jesus heals, and our own people that believe that God doesn't heal, and so many religions, they shove God, they move God from healing people's minds, hearts, and bodies, because we don't believe God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why do you say that? Because I know the culture around here. Why do you say that? Let's talk truth. I love truth talk. Why? Because truth is how you get free. I don't want to live bound up by religion. I want to experience God in my soul. I want to experience love and life and energy. And I want to experience his blessings on my life, his favor on my kids. I want to live a life that's fruitful and productive. I don't want to stumble into heaven and barely make it. Come on, I want to live a life that's rewarded. Come on, on this planet. But I found something. People, and I've watched the pattern. People that get miracles, they don't just believe. They get aggressive to receive. The word aggressive means to initiate forceful action. Jesus taught it. Jesus taught in Luke 14. He says, if you go to build a business or a tower or a home, count the cost. Think aggressively. Do I have enough to finish when I start? He taught aggressive thinking. Come on, somebody. I know a lot of people would rather just float and not have a plan. The Bible says you make the plan and God orders your steps. You're frustrated that God ain't come through yet. Maybe you didn't give him no plan. The mind of a man plans his way. God directs his steps. Imagine if you started asking yourself, because you think aggressively, you ask a better question. Jesus said, whatever you ask, you re. Say it with me. Whatever I ask, I re. So if you ask yourself a question, why do they always take advantage of me? What kind of answer are you going to get? Because you keep asking for it. Boom. Bingo. That's good. Come on. Hey, preacher girl. Come on. Why do I always get sick? Why is life not fair? Why do I always feel like I can't lose the weight? Why do I always feel like they don't love me? Why does this not ever work out? If you ask those things of questions, I bet you're going to get a lot of bad answers. What have you started asking? How can I be a blessing? How can I serve here? How can I light somebody up? How can I bring joy to something rather than get joy from something? How can I decide to be in a good mood? The Bible says to think myself happy. Acts 26, 2, think myself happy. A cheerful mind works healing. Imagine saying, how much could I enjoy today? How much could I enjoy today? How many people could I hug today? A guy that lost his whole family in a traffic accident, the running back from Arizona State, he was so depressed and he started asking himself one little question different. He started saying, he says, how many people can I give a hug to today? This muscular running back built like this. He would go for 100 smiles and 100 hugs a day. And he said, I broke the power of that depression just by asking myself one different question. What would be one question? Maybe how can I use this? Not why am I here? Why does my boss not notice me? Why do they always pick on me? Why are they talking bad behind my back? Why does this work out? Why does my spouse want to love me? Why don't they want to be intimate with me? Why don't they care about me? Why are they judging me? How many of you ask a lot of bad questions, you won't get a lot of bad answers? What if we shifted that and became aggressive in our thinking, saying, how can I use this? How can I use this as an opportunity to love, to serve, to grow? Come on, that's ability to innovate and create new solutions just by asking a better question. What about if we prayed aggressively? Elijah was a person like us. He had struggled with depression, all kinds of anxiety. He prayed and God sent fire from the sky. Hello, I hadn't seen nobody do that since. 
And it's in the New Testament, not even the Old Testament. He said he was like us, but the prayer of righteous people can pray and God will do big things. Well, imagine you start praying, not little small prayers. God, help me make it through the day. Really? You need God to just make it through the day? No, how about, hey, God, bless me. Make me a blessing. Promote me. Give me favor. Help me become more skilled and more valuable. Help me to do something big. Change things around me. Help me to be a greater blessing. Give me a bigger vision. Help my family. Deliver my children. Lord, change my city. Change Chilliwack region. Turn it from darkness into light. Do something big. Raise up advocates for hurting kids, for people. Restore godliness back. Give us some purity back. When we want power, we got to have purity. I know that's not a sexy topic, but man, God, come on. If we want God's power, we got to have some purity to our soul. It's not something we do, but something we let him do. Come on, somebody. Hey, Jesus said, whatever you ask, you'll receive that. Your joy may be full. God wants you so full of joy because the level of your joy is the level of your strength. Come on, this is powerful. What if you loved aggressively? Those are the biggest miracles I've ever seen. People that loved aggressively. I told a story last night when we was in Africa. We went after all these kids that lived in the dump. And on the outside, everything looks so dirty and bad because of the AIDS diagnosis on these children and everything else. But when you started loving aggressively, all those kids are alive today. The kid that was the worst off, he's alive. There's not even AIDS in his body, no HIV in his body. It wasn't because of just one big prayer. It's because I believe so much love was poured into them that love can restore anything. Come on. Love can change anything. Love can change your family. Love can believe the best when it sees the worst. Hey, let me say, that's the best part of you, by the way. Come on. Don't hide the best part of yourself. Love puts yourself on the line for other people. It magnifies the positive. It has a long fuse. Come on. It has a longer fuse. Some days we have a short fuse. But love looks for ways to improve somebody. Ask yourself every day. Maybe that's a new question. How can I show love here? I bet there's going to be new opportunities for you to be significant, meaningful, touch people, empower people in a special way by all just saying, hey, how do I love here aggressively? Finally, what if I speak aggressively? The Bible says, according to the Bible, whatever you speak, speak about the things of God, things about the miracles of God. Even the book of Malachi, I was reading this morning in my own time, three, I think it's 3.16 or whatever it was. It says, there's a book that's being written and angels write a book. Every time you speak about the name of Jesus and the miracles of God, God takes a record of it and is writing a book about when you talk about it. When I get to heaven, I don't want like a one-page book. That's not on the best authors list, yo. Come on, smile. Come on. It didn't say when you feel amazing. It didn't say when everything is working in your life because you're always juggling and adjusting in life. How many know that's true? Come on. A miracle life does not mean you have everything all together. Your teeth are all white. Come on, somebody. You have no pain in your body and no problems and you're super rich and everything's just always working. That is fantasy. I'm talking about juggling and adjusting, but living with a mentality that thinks like God. Because until I renew my mind to the way he thinks, I can't prove out his lifestyle in my experience. I need to get God's thoughts in me to where I start thinking like God. Whoa, what, how does he think when he talk about the mouth? You get aggressive in your mouth. You look at the woman, the issue of blood. She kept saying, when I touch Jesus, I shall be healed. 
Not I might be healed. We'll see if I'll be healed. She put herself on the line. They threw rocks at her. They called her a whore. And all she was driving because she's bleeding out of her out of her body. And they got away from her, chucking rocks at her. But she said, "I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be well. I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be well. I'm going to touch him and I'm going to be well." Your words affect your biochemistry. You know, 85 percent of your emotions come from the words you speak. Maybe you don't. Maybe you need the devil even keeping you depressed. Maybe it's your own tongue. You're being tongue by your tongue. The devil can't even be anywhere at all times. He's not omniscient and omnipresent. He's one person. He's messing with Putin, and you think he's here in Chilliwack messing with you. He knows if you start speaking like everybody else and talking the way you feel, he'll keep you trapped. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Your innermost being, it rejoices. Does anybody want to rejoice? Yes. Remember, as a kid, you rejoice. You got like that word. It's an old word, but it's cool. Like you rejoice. You were happy. Come on. You didn't have the best of things. You might have Cheetos in your hair. Come on. When we were kids. Come on. You had like no money. You had holes in your stuff. Come on. We were so poor. We just didn't know we were poor. I said this last night, we used to chase the ice cream truck and we didn't have any money. By faith, we were going to get a big stick. But man, we had joy. Like, what do you mean you're not going to give us a big stick? And we went on happy even if we didn't get it. Yes, most people look, they're like heavy. In fact, you wanted to screw up Christmas for everybody this year? You want to be a disruptor and throw all your family members off? Just go into Christmas and start smiling. You have 82 muscles in your face. When was the last time you practiced working them? Do you know that if you smile for five minutes a day, three times a day, you'll actually stir up your metabolism and you'll burn fat at a higher capacity. You'll open neurological function in your brains that neurons that aren't firing will fire and that you'll begin to release dopamine in your brain, which will release and you're feeling that oxytocin feeling, which you feel satisfied. The same feeling you get from a hit of cocaine, all from freaking smiling. Do you know 42 times in the scripture God references people's facial expressions? Come on, you're, you're going to mess people up. Just go to Starbucks. I guarantee you. People are like, are you okay? <laughs> Do you need coffee? It's interesting that our cultural norm is to have a serious face. What the heck? Come on. But yet if I watch, you're happy. Even Forbes just released ins insight that the people that are the, tip, the happiest and they smile the most, they have 43% more increase in sales. I'm, not, I'm giving you a whole message right here on smiling. Praise God. <laughs> watch that. What about your words that you speak here for a minute? Do you know that you have a fingerprint? What does it do? It gives you access and license to drive a car because you're licensed. You have an eye print. When I go through the airport today, they scan my eyes and I walk through and I don't got to wait in line. I have access. When I spoke at the Pentagon, certain clearance you can't get until they check your voice print. No one else has the same voice print tone that you have in the whole entire world. Oh, watch how powerful. You're going to like this. Watch how powerful. There's certain clearance that they don't give you. The clearance is not given till your voice is expressed and spoken of. There's certain clearance that God wants to give you to have victory and things in your life, but you never have it until you speak it. The Bible says faith only works when it's spoken. 
Not speaking your feelings, speaking God's word. The Bible says a spirit of faith that believes God's word and it speaks. Imagine if you got one thing in here, Psalm 112:2, my children will be mighty in the land, or Psalm 5:12, the favor of God surrounds me like a shield, or Deuteronomy 28, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Our Romans 12:21, I'm not overcome by evil, I overcome evil with good. Or 1 John 4:4, 4, 4, greater is God that's in me than what's coming at me, that I am more than a conqueror. You can't you can't hang around God and be all negative. How are you going to walk with him when he's hope and positive? Two can't walk together unless they be agreed. There's certain access that you won't have until you begin to declare something different. Your voice is your address in the spirit world. And let me say this for a minute. For some of you who know the Bible a little bit more. Jacob's ladder. There's a thing in the Old Testament where Jacob had a dream. Angels went up and down on this ladder from heaven to earth. The word ladder is the word voice print in the Hebrew language. Angels go up and down based on the words you speak. Your words allow the devil to have access in your life. Never let the devil feel like he's winning in your life by the words that you speak. Somebody needs to hear that today. Your words can set things change. You can change things. Watch how powerful. You believe in miracles. You receive miracles. You become a miracle. Lazarus became a miracle. This is where your families are going. Where your family becomes such a miracle that people go, man, that had to be God. People came to see Lazarus when he's raised from the dead. Not just Jesus. They wanted to see Lazarus who had been dead. How cool would that be? Like people like just going, hey, they've grown so much. They're not who they used to be anymore. Man, that they're a miracle. Their life's different. They think different. They love different. They give different. Life's different for them. I remember a friend of mine, Robert Ruiz, and he worked for President Bush. And his mama called me one morning. And I give you five more minutes. I end this. But he said this. Uh, she calls me. She says, hey, mijo. She's a Hispanic lady. She goes, hey, mijo, I need you to come to the hospital. Robert had an accident. He's in the hospital. I need you to come and pray and get him out of here. <laughs> okay. I was eating eggs. I was eating eggs and bacon and drinking coffee at Marmalades. All right, I'll be there an hour and a half. I'm driving. I have no idea. I get there and she goes, oh, mijo, I'm so happy that you came. She's like this like a happy little Hispanic lady. She goes, it was really crazy. Robert had a heart attack and died. They have him on a machine, but I need you to go in there and get him up. <laughs> it's going to be a great day, mijo. Wero pelon, wero pelon. That means bald white boy. Well, by the way, go in there, wero pelon. Go get him up. Hey, by the way, here's an offering for your ministry. And she handed me a check. Her son's on a life machine breathing through him. She hands me a financial gift because when you want to get a sometimes it's good to be actually become an aggressive giver. Come on, in every area of your life. You can't buy anything from God, but when something leaves your hand, something leaves his hand. You give and you shall reap. Maybe not the exact way you think it, but as I give and I put him on a priority, come on. There, when I put a priority and a premium, I love to give to God. Come on. So you feel stuck? Sometimes that's what my wife do. Or it's like, hey, let's sow. Let's sow. Invest in the kingdom of God. Let's invest in mission. Let's invest. Let's go buy some kids out of slavery. Let's do something. Let's do something and leave a God impression on the planet. It's amazing what opens up. She handed me a check. Okay, go get it, mijo. <laughs> All right. I've never had that happen. Anybody asked you recently to go in there and get someone out of a coma with a machine on them? I don't know what I'm about to see. I walk in there and there's Robert. 
There's like eight little beds around and he's sitting there with all these tubes in him. And I'm looking at my friend and he's not breathing on his own. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And the more I looked at the situation, the more I got intimidated. Because the situation became big and monstrous in my eyes. And I started closing my eyes and then I started saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I need to shift my satellite dish. See, you can't get an FM radio station on an AM dial. You can't get the miracles of God looking at the world. You're not going to get the miracles of God listening to Lady Gaga. I'm not going to get the miracles of God waiting for Trudeau to tell me what's going to happen economically. I, his economic plan is not my economic plan. God gives me the power to create wealth. He'll supply all my needs. It don't matter who's in office. It don't matter who's a governor. It don't matter who's our health representative. The Bible says I'm your healer. I am your provider. I am your victory. Why am I looking to man to do what only God can do? No wonder that creates a political spirit where we demonize each other rather than love each other. Hey. I walked in there and there's my friend Rob and I started just saying, Jesus, Jesus. I started shifting my satellite dish to the All Things Are Possible Network. <sighs> Why? Because what I was looking at was limited and I couldn't do anything. What am I going to do? I flunked out of Bible school. I cussed too much. <laughs> True. Come on, I got beats in my head. They're all singing Kumbaya and Hallelujah. And I got Tupac in my head. I said, Jesus, Jesus. And finally, I just said, I just took a shot at it. The nurses were there and everything. I go, Robert, come out. I didn't know how to say it loud in case it didn't work. in Jesus name Let's just see if it works like a rabbit's foot or something I said Jesus Jesus started focusing on Jesus and I finally go Robert come out nothing happened Robert come out I almost went into a freaking coma happened right in front of the doctors and everybody Robert comes out of the coma he opens his eyes Give me a pencil. He couldn't talk, so he had a big trach down his throat. Give me a pencil. He began to write on a pencil, write everything he wanted. They released him within a couple days. That little woman's face. Everybody wanted to come see Robert because he was the guy that was dead and now came back to life. He was on a machine, and now he came off. Nothing had changed, but somebody used the name. Of, Your life's about to become a miracle. I want to see them. Watch. And there's my last watch. Someone say, believe in miracles. We're the end. Watch. Somebody believe. Some will say receive. Some will say become. Ooh, what are you doing every time you come into the church? What time every time you're lifting up your hand? Every time, come on. I'm believing God, even though I'm not sure it's going to work out in my my I'm doubting in my head, but I'm believing in my what do you do? You're becoming a miracle. Come on. You're transforming from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Come on. You're finding your wings like an eagle finding his wings out of a nest. The comfortability. Come on. You're, you're changing. You're growing. Life is good when you're growing. You feel juiced when you're growing. But now you watch, you release miracles. I become, I believe, I receive, I, now I release. I release. The so life is not significant, Jackie Robinson said, except for its impact on other people. Maybe that's why Jesus said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world, you're the salt of the I mean, Are you salty enough? Are you salty enough? Are you being salty in your job? Are you salty when you're in, 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 in Chilliwack? Am I being light where I'm being? Am I being light? Am I being salty? Or am I hiding my light? The only Jesus they're going to recognize is the one the people he's touched. I'm his billboard. Come on, am I repping? Come on, am I fronting? Come on, am I representing? I don't got to have it all together. God takes shaky people and gives them sturdy projects. He's got cussing Peter and he's not nervous. 
He's got steel and Judas. He, Jesus heals them. Judas steals from them. Come on, somebody. And Jesus is still working with them. Come on. Computer, the, Andrew, the, the, the computer nerd Andrew. Come on, always calculating. Thomas, he's a doubting Thomas, they call him. He needs Xanax and Prozac every couple hours just to keep him sedated. Jesus knows shaky people. But he says, I, even while you're going through recovery, discovery, give miracles away. I remember one night I finished speaking for a fortune company here in Vancouver, Canada. And I was driving at my little girl. She was about three years old at the time in the back seat. My wife, we were driving in the carpooling, the, what's it called? The, uh, the HOV, like, sorry, yeah. I got to get it right. That's like saying a beanie and a toque. You know what I'm saying? I got I to gotta work on my Canadian land. Watch. We're driving on the 99 coming out of the city. And right before we got into, uh, right before we got like to Coquitlam area, that kind of an area, it was really, really dark on the freeway. We were in the, the fast signal really fast, maybe about, you know, 80 miles per hour, 75 miles per hour. We're going pretty good. And all of a sudden there was a car in the lane next to us, which had been the fast lane outside of the HOB. And it had its brake lights on stopped in the middle of a dark area. This is at 1030 at night. And when we started to pass by, we slowed down because we didn't want to swerve and hit it the car and we looked in and my wife goes pull over pull over she's having a seizure she's having a seizure okay so we pulled into the side of the, the, the median right there in the middle of the wall the 99 freeway and I just jumped out of the car not something smart to do on the freeway on the highway I jumped out of the car and I put my hands out to stop the car that was coming at me it just popped out of me the big old African guy what are you doing I go, she's having a seizure. I need you to help. Okay. I park my car and I help. He goes and parks. This is all on the freeway. And then all of a sudden, an Indian guy stops. And he was just coming like from his like, uh, he was coming from like his, his Punjabi or something. He was coming like from like, you go from like the, the, the little uh, temple or whatever. He goes, what are you guys doing? I go, she's having a seizure. He goes, how can I help? I go, me and the African guy, yeah, we go help. He goes, I, we're going to go get her out. Okay, I direct traffic. I go, perfect, you go there, come on. So I got the peak guy and the dark guy, come on. The African guy, we're going over here. Come on, and we got this guy, he's, he's directing traffic. Car's cool over there, he's in the middle of the freeway. This is happening right on the 99 freeway. And me and the big old African guy go and pull her out of the car. She's having a grandma seizure. Full on having a grandma seizure. I look back at my little girls in the front seat watching her dad be a Superman. Watch how, watch, watch how powerful this is. We pull her over to the guy, the, the African guy's car, and he goes, Okay, I go help Indian guy direct traffic. I don't know if he has power to keep it going. I go, okay, leave me here, leave me here with the girl. So I leave there, and he just takes over. He's taking business. And the other guy, he's so happy. The India guy's happy. He's leaving. This is the greatest thing in his life. Traffic over there, traffic over there. It was awesome. He was freaking running. That, I want to be that guy's friend. Hopefully, he'll show up back in my, in my meeting with someday. And I went, the girl, I stopped trying to talk to her. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. They got to call the paramedics. The fireman came on. <laughs> the Indian guy was directing him. Go over there. That's where she's at. <laughs> go heal her. And the African guy, whatever he says, cool. <laughs> and he walked over and finally I just go, listen. I said, I'm a man of God. I'm a man that believes in Jesus. And in his name, I command this seizure to stop. I command this to stop. In Jesus' name, be healed right now. I got aggressive with it. Sometimes you got to get aggressive with your spiritual adversaries. You got to say, depression, get the hell out of my house. You're not welcome here. I might feel your, impress, your presence, but you're not welcome here. This isn't going to place you well. Selfishness, you got to go. Perversion, get off my mind. Come on. Sickness, get off me. I might feel your presence, but you didn't come in here to stay. You're coming here to pass. 
Get off of me. Come on. Sometimes it's like waking up in the middle of the night having too much sheets on you and you like, you know, you get all hot and claustrophobic. Come on. You start like kicking sheets off. Anybody? Has anybody ever had that happen? Come on. You become like a military warrior. Come on, somebody. You're like in your 60s. And you're like, ah. You feel like you're fighting sheets. Some of you ought to get that way spiritually. Come on. Lowliness, get off me. Perversion, get off me. Come on, debt, get, get off me. Jesus said, speak to that mountain. Confessions made unto salvation. You ought to speak over your children. You're going to be blessed when you go to school today. Kids, you're going to be mighty in the land. The favor of God's on you. Our family's turning for good. Goodness and mercy are chasing us down. That's what David said. I said in Jesus' name, and she went, she stopped. She looked at me. The grandma seizure stopped on a moment. And I sat there and the paramedics go, what did you just do? I go, oh, she'll tell you. Jesus showed up. Thank you so much. You guys got it from here. And I walked back to my car and my little girl had eyes like this. Daddy, daddy, did you do the Jesus thing on him? Like Spider-Man, daddy, did you go... Did. She went to school. My daddy does the superhero thing on people. She stands up in her class. She walks up to her principal. Her principal called me. What are you doing to your girl? I go, I'm brainwashing her on miracles. For real? She, she walked up to me and said, this and this is going to happen in your life. I go, pretty much. She'll probably be right, too. I wonder who's waiting for you on the other side of getting out of yourself. Let this be a season where we just don't receive miracles. Become Let's give miracles. Close your eyes and lift your hands to God. Even no matter where, if you've ever done this before, just try it. You try other things, you might as well try this. You're not lifting your hands to a person, just to God. And just for 10 seconds, thank God for being nice to you, being merciful to you, being good to you. You might not have everything you want, but thank God you're not what you used to be. You're not where you were. Come on. He's been good to you. You can see today. You can walk today. Come on. One million people died in the last six days and you're still here. If you have 12 Canadian dollars to your name, you're in the top 90% richest people in the world. You got a lot to be grateful for today. If you got a home to sleep and you're in the top 80% of the people of the world, give God praise. Come on for a minute. Open your mouth. Say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank him for the blood of Jesus that paid for your sins so you don't got to pay your debt. Thank you, God, for being our healer, being our victory and our way out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. How many of you can feel him? How many feel a little bit better when you came in? How many feel like I could take it to the next level? Come on. I could take my faith off a starvation diet and feed it a little bit. Come on, anybody ready to do that? Who has pain in your wrist? You have carpal tunnel syndrome? And it's, your wrists are tight. You do, sir? Can I pray for you? Can I do that? Come on down like the price is right. It'll be really cool. Can I turn down just a little bit? A little, a little soft. That'd be awesome. You guys are so good. Thank you. See, what if he doesn't get healed? What if he does? They've offered me a lot of money to stop praying for people to go on secular, just regular TV and do stuff with Ryan Seacrest at times. And I said, I wouldn't do it. Turn it down. Why? Because I grew up in a family where people were hurting all the time and I hate watching people suffer. And a lot of people, and I said, you know what? If I ever get an opportunity to be in front of a lot of people, I'm always going to continue to pray for hurting people. I'm not the healer, but I'll put myself on the line and give it a shot. 
What if they don't get healed? Maybe they do. Maybe I'm just sowing a seed or maybe they get the full thing. God can determine all that, but I'm going to do something about it. When I get to heaven one day, Jesus will say, thank you. Jesus will say, thank you. I want his reward. I want that smile that comes from his face. I promise you, you want to see that smile one day. You don't want to miss it. Everything will be worth it when you see him one day. I promise you. I saw that smile one time in my life. He sat on a bed, the real one, the one from the Bible, I saw him. He's so happy and he loves people so much. There's so much life comes out of him. Let me tell you something. He's, when you do your little acts of faith and when you do things that honor him, it makes him so happy. He's crazy about you. One day, it'll be worth it all when you see him. The joy of my life. Everything else is little. It's temporary. It's transit. No matter how you floss it, what you wear, what you have, it's all cool. We can enjoy it. God gives you things to enjoy. But it's all temporary. Somebody else is going to consume it. Someone else is going to take it. But one day, I'm going to see that face. And he's going to say, thank you so much for doing it for me. I want that smile. When I pray for people, it makes them smile. When the disciples came back for praying, hurting people, it said, I was so pumped, Jesus said in Luke 10. He said, I watched the devil's kingdom come down like lightning from heaven. And it says, but don't rejoice in this that I give you power over the bad things. He says, rejoice, your names are written in heaven. And it says in that hour, Jesus rejoiced. That's a dope statement. What does that mean? Jesus rejoiced? I went and looked it up. It means to shout, jump, and spin. That's much different than the Jesus I've ever heard about. You can go look it up for yourself. It's in the Bible. Jesus, he goes, every time I watched you extend your hand to help other hurting people and pray for people in my name, it's causing me to jump, dance, and spin because I'm watching the devil's power lose its grip over people's lives. And that makes me rejoice and it puts a smile on my face. Let the smile of God be your motivation. Okay, where's, your, where's it at? What's your name, first of all? Aaron, good to meet you, man. Rex, good to meet you. Yeah, come on. You got a, you're a happy guy. I like you. <laughs> Welder by trade. Awesome. That's not fun. No. Do you think God would heal somebody like you? You know why he would? Because he loves you. He only made you so he could love you. He wasn't looking for a religious robot. He just wanted someone that would relate to him and receive his love and so he could love you. And love does its best, doesn't it? You're a good-hearted man. Would you help any kid that got hurt? Yeah, you would, huh? And as an earthly person, our love can't compare to how good God is. So I'm going to put my hand. Is it okay to put my hand on your, on your wrist? Okay, watch how cool is this. Jesus, if you're anywhere around the neighborhood, I'm still in Chilliwack. In case you didn't know. I honor you, and I thank you, Jesus, for you already defeated every sin, evil, sickness, and pain. I thank you. Healing, the Bible says, belongs to your kids. You said it. I'm just repeating it. So in your name, Jesus, I command the tunnels of my friend's wrist to open right now. Where they're closed, you're going to feel a warmth go through that whole entire wrist area. And your fingers and all that neuropathy, I command it to be reversed. There's no neuropathy in heaven. Let there be none in your body on earth. I release healing to you. Mobility, flexibility in his name. He's the healer. It's in a, you feel that all flowing through you? You feel that warmth in there? Move over. Let's go in that while watch. Lord, go through his whole body. He heals diabetes, every bit of it. Thank you, God, that you love him. 
Watch, move your hand for healing. What's happening? For real? What's the difference? Is she okay? That's all right. I won't let nothing happen. You're totally good. Nothing. You're all, what's happening? Move your hand. Move your wrist. You'll find healing. For real. Happened on a flight attendant recently. I was on Delta Airlines. This lady walked by from New York and she goes, who are you? She goes, you have like an aura. I go, oh my gosh, I know. She goes, do you have like powers? I go, I do. I'm tapped in. And she, I said, why don't you come when you're done serving, come sit next to me. And I started telling her things about her life. And I said, let, I said, this isn't new age. This is Jesus. New age will drive you back to focusing on yourself. And Jesus is your way out. And I prayed for her. And she goes, can you come to the back? We got a lot of messed up people in the back. She took me back there with all these flight attendants. I had all kinds of personalities back there with all kinds of, one after the other, bam, bam, bam. The power of God hit all four of them. Ah, Jesus, I'm sorry. I went and sat back down. They had a revival in the back of the plane. Watch how good that feels. Aren't you glad you came to church today? They have free health care here. It's better than any. It's better than Trump's plan, Biden's plan, Trudeau's plan. Doesn't it feel better? Isn't that cool? And Lord, we thank you for touching his insulin level and all that diabetes. Let it be removed from his body. I thank you for a great future. Thank you for his life. And I thank you for his faith. It took a lot of courage to step out of a crowd. I thank you. You're honoring him. And I thank you, that, Lord, you're going to do some really special things. Give him a really special Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't that cool? It feels good, huh? Isn't that cool? Come on, man. Yeah, good God. That's awesome. Who's been feeling like in your legs, like where like they kind of like, they feel like numb at times or tingly and you kind of like lose sensation like in your feet or in your legs. Anybody feel that in your legs, your feet? You do? You got two of you right there. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for both of you? I'll pray for you. Come on, real quickly. I'll, I'll just come your way. Just stand up. Ooh, what's going to happen? Something crazy going to happen. This isn't Christian TV. No one's paying me. I'm not going to ask you to support me. I'm going to send you holy water from Jerusalem. I feel bad that I got to say that because there's bad stuff out there that's gimmicky. Why can't we just care for people and give it a shot? Everybody you pray for get healed? No, but most do. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's work. My wife died on an operating bed. We had to fight through stuff to get her back to help, but God's still the healer. Jesus, if you're still here in the neighborhood, I'm up a bunch of steps now. Flow through her legs. I pray your healing presence would flow through her body. Regulate her blood. Regulate her blood and remove any impurities from her blood. I pray you cleanse out her lymphatic system and that you'd strengthen her immune system. And the tightness of your chest, too, you're going to feel your chest open. Boom. Go through her right now. I thank you, God, for bringing healing all through her mortal body. Watch that. Take a deep breath. Breathe that in. Boom. What just happened? You have severe asthma. Did we talk about that beforehand? I just saw your, your chest constricted. That's why I said I command your chest. Breathe that in. Breathe in. Is there a difference? What's the difference? Breathe that deep forever. Forever? Do it again. Give the devil a heart attack and honor Jesus because he's the only healer. How do your feet feel? What was the difference? Did you come in with pain or neuropathy or tingly or what was it? Okay, come here for a minute. Let's, let me work you out real quick. 
Aren't you ever nervous that they're not going to get healed? No, I'm not. I'm confident in the healer. I know him that way. Man, he's so good. Watch how cool this is. Okay, just lift your hands. Watch how cool this is. Stand right here. Okay, and I'll watch. You're going to feel a warmth. Go down the right-hand side of your back through your, your area of your back. And watch, it's going to completely loosen. One, two, three. Boom. Flow through your body. How do you know him like this? You spend time with him and get to know him. He doesn't play favorites. I was not the first he probably chose to do this. Most people just reject it because they don't want to look stupid. If I just wanted to be a good speaker, I could do that. Is make a lot of money and stay on that side. I want to care about people and go the extra mile so people can experience God. Isn't that wild? Move your back. Did you feel that go through there in your back? Okay, move your back. Look for healing. Don't look for pain. Move it all around. Bend down. Watch. Normally, would it hurt to even run? How long? 10 years. Do it again. For real? Why don't we give the Lord a clap? Why don't we give Jesus a clap? Hey! Your back was broken. I had a car accident 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And like that in 10 years. Why don't we give Jesus a clap? Come on, give the Lord a big old clap. Come on, that's awesome. Let me pray for you real quick. Come down here. And then we'll release everybody for today, but I'll pray one prayer for everybody too. Thank you guys. Have you guys enjoyed today? Has it been good? Thank you so much. Oh, this is a good season for you. This is your comeback season, girl. Yeah, the pain that you've gone through and things that have happened at 12 years old and then 14 years old and then the ages that went through and there are people mishandled and people didn't tell you the truth and the trust was broken and it felt like you got stabbed in the heart. God, I thank you for restoring her soul. You're healing her body, but I think you're restoring my friend's soul. The cry of your soul has been heard today. God's helping you. I thank you, God. You're the God of all hope. And I thank you that your love removed all the fears. And I thank you for bringing healing from the crown of her head, like in her mind, her thoughts. Do that for a lot of people in here. I feel that in a lot of people in here. Jesus, heal our minds. Come on, if you need healing in your thoughts, just say, Jesus, bring healing in my mind. Come on, Lord, bring healing into my mind. Bring healing into my soul. Let healing flow in my body. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful goodness. And also, you're going to feel warmth go through your legs there and down your feet. Watch, boom, be healed. And your digestive issues are going to be bent different. That's going to be shifting. You've had that for about two years. Right? You get like little digestive problems. Yeah, I see it in the lining of your stomach. The Lord's going to go in there right now. You're going to feel a warmth on the left-hand side of even your stomach. Go down there. You're going to see that. Boom. Go through it. Thank you, Jesus. And God's going to bring healing to you because he cares about you. Gifts of the Spirit aren't for show. They're for helping people. So hopefully I don't make a show. God gave me a personality, so I use mine. Sometimes I'm funny. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I try to be. But I use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're gifts to help other people live up in a down world. Gifts don't even reveal maturity. Character does. Integrity does. But gifts are to help other people experience God's goodness. You don't need the gifts of healing in heaven because everyone's healed. Why are the gifts of healing on earth so people can get better? Their minds, their emotions, their marriages. Come on, families. And you can live out your potential. Watch how cool that feels. What just happened to you?
is deeper than what we realize. Let me kind of pray for everyone just corporately. Is that cool? Put your hand on this person on your shoulder on the left and your right because you care. You can do that. Come on, everyone can do that. Come on, you all, you wonderful, powerful people. Listen, thanks for the extra 15 minutes today. Lord, we thank you for bringing healing into our lives. Just pray for healing for them. Blessing on them. The best you know how. Okay, no one moving around. Just pray for them just for, just for 10 seconds. Jesus, I pray healing would flow into people's bodies, their hearts, their lungs. Remove plaque from people's arteries. I pray that you would, Lord, bring healing to people's immune systems. I pray you'd remove arthritic problems from people's hands and in their joints. I pray bring healing from osteoporosis. I see that in a person's knee and legs and knees and their bones area. I pray bring healing to that. Lord, I pray you touch people with teeth problems that have pain. I pray in their jawline. I pray in the gum. Lord, I pray you reduce the acid and inflammation and people's mouth and you would bring healing there lord i pray someone even has sores on the bottom of your tongue i command that to be healed today lord i thank you lord for bringing healing tonight today lord it is people's stomachs they're digestive i thank you also for restoring mobility and flexibility in people's bodies keep us healthy and strong and i pray for a beautiful christmas over every person in their family they'd experience the favor of god and the wonder of christmas which is you jesus you came into the world to save our lives from evil from death, from sin, from sickness and pain, and that you are the God that restores comfort, peace, and joy. And Lord, I pray great peace and great joy over all of our lives. I cancel Satan's plans over our lives. And Lord, I release the blessing of heaven over every person. I declare they're blessed when they come in, blessed when they go out, blessed in their finances, blessed in their house, blessed in their home with joy, blessed in their body with health, blessed in their mind with peace, blessed over their lives. People that have had even prescription pills addictions you, you you're hooked on it someone with Adderall somebody else it's going to end today you're going to get back and there's going to be clarity in your mind the brain fog is going to go healing flows today and I thank you that every person God would fulfill all of our destiny that you've created for our lives in Jesus beautiful name if you believe that give the Lord a clap and a shout I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Matt Wow, would you would you stand to your feet please? Father God, you're not done here. You're not done yet. You've just begun. Thank you, Father God, for the blessing of your son. Thank you for Rex. Thank you for your children. Thank you, Father God, that the same spirit moves in each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, thank you for your miracles in motion. You know, I just feel that there's, there's some of us that are here tonight that we had a touch. We had a touch. And you're just coming into this whole God experience for the first time. Maybe, maybe you didn't know the purpose of it. And when you don't know the purpose of something, you abuse it. And like Rex has said, when you misdiagnose, you mistreat. We misdiagnose and mistreat the word of God, the name of God, 
It is above every other name, Jesus. Some of you maybe only heard it or used it in a swear, but he is real and his name brings authority. And there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for another. And that's what he did for you and me. He knew the weight of sin and death. He knew we couldn't do it on our own. And this Jesus that you see flowing through racks is the same Jesus that wants to flow through you. And if you do not have a relationship with him yet, just invite him in. Rex quoted Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. You've been asking, you've been searching, you've been seeking, and you've been knocking. But you've been seeking the wrong one. His name is Jesus. Just invite him in. Just invite him in. Would you invite him in right now? He didn't come to start a religion. He came to start a relationship with you. Would you invite him in? Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, If you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth everything that we heard today that Jesus is Lord. If you believe that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you will be saved. Let's just invite him in right now. Would you pray with me? If you've prayed this prayer before, would you pray so again? If you've never prayed this prayer, would you do so with your whole heart? Just say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for dying for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. <laughs> I'm asking you now to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. I'm done with my past. I'm looking to you. I'm inviting you in. I'm following you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment. Eyes closed in the moment. Stay in this moment. A couple things I want to ask while all your eyes are closed. Why? Why? Just like Rex said, you don't want to distract from what's going on around you and what God is doing inside of you right now. Keep your eyes closed. Keep, stay in the moment. In this time with God, if you felt a touch, if you felt healing, if you felt pain leave your body, even as Rex was praying for somebody else, would you just put your hand up right now in the room? Hands up are all over the room right now. Wow. You can put your hand down. This is what happened last night. Several things. Connor came forward. His ankle was prayed over and he was healed. Justin came forward. He was in an accident, a bad a crash. Broke his back, shouldn't even be walking. Bending over, jumping up and down. Miracle after miracle. Another one of our friends, uh, uh, Rex, was praying over his shoulder and I was touching the guy next to him and I could feel the heat go through my body. I could feel pain in my shoulder leave my body. The same spirit flows through you. Now stay in the moment, eyes closed, in the moment, stay in the moment, thank you. If you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed right now, and you invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, 
Would you just give me a thumbs up? Say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus is rejoicing right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see Satan falling like lightning. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord a praise in the house. Come on. The next is this. If you know anything about this house, we don't make it difficult for people coming to know the Lord. You know, we, we, we feel underneath here, there's a, a tank. Soon some real muscular guys are going to come and they're going to lift up this lid. But we fill it out of faith and we fill it out of obedience. We, we are so passionate about people. I don't know if you notice it, College Street, where people matter. Where people matter. Hi, bud. <laughs> where you matter. And, and, and it wasn't the great suggestion. It was the great commission. He says, I, I want you to make disciples. I want you to share this good news of the gospel. I want you to go out. I want you to lay hands on the sick and watch them become healed. I want you to baptize them in, in my name, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them. Teach them to obey my commands, and surely I am with them, with them always. Man, the least I can do is fill a tub with some water and teach you about baptism. The least I can do is share God's love, not just in words, but with action. Because Rex said this last night. He said, faith is in your feet. Faith is in your feet. It takes a step. It takes a step of faith. Will you step in today? If you don't know what baptism means, the word means to be fully immersed. Jesus himself was baptized. And it says that when we are baptized, we're baptized with Christ. With him. Not alone. When you go in the water, it represents when he went into the grave. All that stuff that's been holding you down. All the, the authority sin had on your life. Huh. Had had someone say had stays in the water and when you come up out of the water it says that you are resurrected with christ come on you want to walk walk in the resurrection power of jesus it says in acts what are you waiting for get up and be baptized so we're just going to press in we got clothes we got towels we're going to worship god the band's going to lead us and if that's you just come forward i'll be here my beautiful bride charmaine will be here too it'd be an honor Man, this, you will never forget this day, the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.